Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. I want to continue where I left off Sunday dealing with the last days of the church. And I shared with you that when Apostle Paul, when he was alive, uh, he was he was literally hated by his generation and he was hated by his generation because Apostle Paul, by revelation of the Holy Ghost, he took the position that the only way for salvation, the only way for eternal life is through Jesus Christ, his death, his burial and his resurrection. He made it emphatically clear that there was no other way to the father except through Jesus Christ. And so we stand on that truth today in 2021 that that truth still remains, that there are not a lot of ways to Jesus. There are not a lot of ways to the father, but the only way to the father is through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank God today for that truth. And so as we continue to teach on the last days of the church, you, you know this new age movement, is growing so fast and today there's such new strange teachings there are a lot of strange teachings today P perhaps like never before uh, have I ever heard so much about this strange teaching and and it's not just strange teaching but a lot of this strange teaching has crept into the church um, I was talking with the pastor and he said something, and I'm sure he's tuned in tonight, and I want to thank God for all of the leaders around this country and the world who tune in to our program and glean from my teachings and um, go over my teachings, dissect the teachings, and then share those truths with their congregation. I, I consider that a privilege and an honor. Uh, I don't feel slighted at all that you think enough of me and my ability to hear from God and to teach the Word of God by the Spirit of God that you would so regurgitate that, to digest that, and then regurgitate it to your congregation and bless them like God is blessing the people in this house. But, but there's, a, there's a strange phenomenon that's going on. Everybody's attempting to, uh, they're trying to find peace and they're, they're trying to find quietness and they're, they're trying to find balance. And so there, there's a lot of emphasis today on, on meditation. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you don't have it, to get my book. Hopefully the cameraman's already tuned in when I said it. Uh, but, but I want you to get this book if you don't have it. It's called Success Through Meditation. And what I've done with the help of God is I've shared principles about meditation from God's perspective. Now, there's a popular, there's a popular movement that's going in the world, particularly in the church now, under the... Under the uh, under the title and the umbrella of yoga. Uh, and, and, and there are a lot of folks, even church folks, who thinks that this is innocent and, and non-threatening. But yoga is a Hindu uh, uh, a philosophy. Yoga, it's, its roots is in the Hindu philosophy. Hinduism is the dominant religion Hinduism is, is the dominant religion in India. Are, are you all listening to me? And, and so 
so those of you who think that yoga is is non-threatening, it's it's uh, it's okay even for Christians to indulge in. I, I, I choose to differ with you because when, it, when you talk about meditating and opening up your mind and opening up your spirit for, for something to, to be entertained by something on the outside coming in, entertaining you on the inside, God has a lot to say about that. And so uh, uh, the, the, the verbiage, the humming, or even all the different positions that they teach you, all of those positions mean something. Uh, uh, those sounds mean something. And so there is a benefit. Listen now. There is a benefit in meditation. But if you don't meditate the way God has instructed us to meditate, you open yourself up to something else. Are you listening to me? Isn't it amazing that uh, right after the book of Moses, the last book of Moses, the last book of the law, the last book of the Pentateuch, God gives instructions in the next book about meditation. In Joshua chapter one, it talks about in verse number eight, uh, God gives instructions for the believer and how we're to, that we're to meditate on the word of God, that we're to incline our ear, give attention, mutter, meditate uh, on the word of God and we're to do it day and night and night and day. So meditation is a biblical principle. But if you take a biblical principle out of context and use it on the enemy's territory, you open yourself up to something else. And I believe these people are opening themselves up to strange spirits, to strange spirits. And so I'm standing flat footed, teaching you the truth. And I'm telling you, as a believer, we have no business engaging in yoga or any other kind of meditation other than meditating on the word of God. And if you're meditating any other way, then I'm telling you, you're meditating in a way that God ordained us to stay far away from. So we're to open ourselves up to the Holy Ghost and not familiar spirits. Are you all listening to me? And so I would encourage you again, if you don't have my book on meditation, it's a practical, real simple, easy read, but it will keep you from putting yourself on the devil's territory, perhaps opening yourself up to familiar spirits under the umbrella that you're just meditating, trying to get some feeling, some serenity. And I'm here to tell you that that to get your balance, to, to find serenity, to find peace, to find yourself is only when you meditate on God's word. Can somebody say amen to this? Amen. Can somebody say amen to this? Amen. So in your study time, I want to encourage you to read Revelations chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2. And I, I can't help but think, and as you continue on, go ahead and read the book of Ephesians. It, it'll bless you real good. And I say that because the church at Ephesus, they were highly developed in the way of testing spiritual manifestations. The church of Ephesus they were highly, highly trained. It was perhaps the most educated out of, out of the churches of the early times. And, and they, had, they had, I won't say personified, but they had become well-trained. Yeah, that's the word. They had become well-trained in how to judge manifestations of the supernatural. Oh, Jesus. They had become well-trained in how to test and to try a spirit or to test or try a doctrine 
to, to decide whether it was a doctrine of the word of God or a false doctrine. Can somebody say amen? So I want to encourage you to read that. As I said, the church at Ephesus was a powerfully educated church uh, and they had a low tolerance. They had a low tolerance for, for error. They, they had a low tolerance uh, for, for things that were, that were false. And I, I think you would, you would do yourself a great service by reading the book of Ephesus and just seeing how by the Holy Ghost, how they operated. Having said that, let's get started. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. And we're dealing with the last days of the church. And we're dealing with apostasy. And I share with you on the last teaching that apostasy is just simply people who were once walking with God, people who were once loyal to God, people who were once committed to God, allowed seducing spirits uh, to, to, to be entertained. They begin to entertain seducing spirits and doctrines. The Bible says one translation says doctrines that demons teach. And as a result of that relationship with that person or that group or that organization, they began to be seduced away from the true word of God. They began to be seduced away from following Jesus. And so apostasy is just simply saying at one time there were people who were loyal, faithful and committed to the things of God. And now they're following another trail. They're following another way. Now, let's look at first John. Chapter four, 1 John chapter four, and let's look at verse number one. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but what? But test, or we could say try. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but try or test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So there are a lot of folks who are purporting that they're ministers of God and God never sent them. He never sent them because he never called them. And they're running on their own, their own intelligence. They literally have yielded to a, to another voice. They have, they have literally yielded to another spirit. Well, how the only thing they can do is yield to another spirit. Because God didn't call him in the first place. And so just like God has ministers, so does the devil. Just like God has prophets, so does the devil. Just like God has pastors, so does the devil. Just like God has evangelists, so does the devil. Just like God has teachers, so does the devil. Just like God has apostles, so does the devil. If God sent you, you're an apostle of God. If the devil sent you, you're an apostle of the devil to spread his message. Oh, God. Let, let, let's, let's read on here. So the word says to try the spirit. Yes? Or test the spirit. Well, how do you test the spirit? Let me give you some principles on how to apply them into your life so you'll know how to test or try a spirit. Let's go to 1 Timothy real quick. First Timothy. It's not enough for you, me to tell you the word of God says, try the spirit or test the spirit. How do you do it? Look at first Timothy chapter three. First Timothy chapter number three. 
Let's start with verse number 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested, how? In the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. Any other teaching that you may hear or that you may invite into your house for a Bible study and they say anything contrary to this, that is false doctrine. Let me say it again. God was manifested in the flesh. So that means you have to believe on Jesus. Because God was manifested in the flesh through his son, Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. That's what separates us from being a cult. A cult is just somebody who's purporting religion, but they're not putting Jesus in his proper perspective. Muslims believe that Jesus was a prophet. But as a believer, we believe that he was more than a prophet. There are religions that believe that he was a great man. There are religions that believe that Jesus was a great teacher. But we believe that he was more than a great man, that he was more than a great teacher, that he was the he was God manifested in the flesh. And that the only way to the father is through his son, Jesus, the Christ. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so you're, you're looking from, for some strange name on a building to, so that you can say that that's a cult and, and the building may have a familiar name on it on the marquee. But the teachings are anti-Christ. Oh, Jesus, I said a whole lot there. So the only way of salvation is through the death of Jesus Christ. Clearly, we are seeing real manifestations of of the spirit world today. We're seeing manifestations like never before. So, so supernatural manifestations cannot be the key in and of itself. You remember when Moses uh, went to Pharaoh, he threw down, he had his brother Aaron throw down the rod in front of Pharaoh and, and the rod, the, the stick, the wood turned into a snake. And Pharaoh wasn't, wasn't uh, uh, he wasn't taken, he wasn't, he didn't go into shock. Uh, he, he wasn't mesmerized. He just called his magicians. He called his, his witchcraft workers. He, he called his soothsayers. He called his palm readers. He called his men in who believed in the signs of the Zodiac. He called them in. And they came in and threw their rod down. Come on, church. And their rod did what? It turned into a snake as well. So God demonstrated that just because you have supernatural manifestations, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's God. Are you listening to me? So somebody says something to you that you didn't tell them and, 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 and you're all, I mean, you're all shaken because they told you, oh, uh, go look in your drawer or something uh, and you'll find that thing that you've lost. And I mean, uh, that, yes, that's supernatural, but, but how do they know that? They didn't know about the spirit of God. 
They know that by familiar spirit. And so you have to be able to judge the spirit. Just because somebody's doing something supernatural, it doesn't mean that God's in it. We're not looking for miracles, signs, and wonders to believe God. The greatest miracle has already happened. Jesus died and rose from the dead on the third day with all power and authority in his hand. And just before he ascended, he gave the keys to the church. Hallelujah to God. So we're not looking for the supernatural. We just want Jesus. And out of relationship with him, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, the nine gifts of the Spirit can manifest. But you also remember in the church at Corinth, the Bible, Paul said that they came behind in no gift. I mean, they had the power gifts. They had the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gifts of healing, tongues, interpretation, prophecy. They had a discerning of spirits. Did I miss any? The, the nine gifts of the spirit, uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gifts of heat, working of miracles, uh, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, discerning of spirits. So they had the nine gifts and Paul wasn't impressed. And Paul said, just because you're operating in the gifts of the spirit, that don't mean anything if you're not operating in the main gift. And the main gift is love. That if you're prophesying and you're not prophesying with a heart of love, then, it's, then it means nothing. If you got a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or tongues and interpretation or prophecy or, or, or word or not, it means nothing if it's not flowing from a heart of love. So Paul is saying that if you're going to operate in the gifts of the spirit, make sure that you're operating in the main thing. And that is from a position of love. Hallelujah to God. Does this help anybody at all? Now let's try to close our, our midweek service real quick because I want to give you some things. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. You, you, are you there? Put, put, your, put your finger there and, and, and go back to 1 Timothy chapter 3 real quick. 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I want to read again, and then we're going to jump right into 2 Timothy. Uh, 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. 1 Timothy 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of, of godliness. God was manifested in the, in the flesh. God was manifested in the flesh. God was manifest. You can't be a cult if you believe that. God was manifested in the flesh. God was manifested in the flesh and he was manifested in the flesh through Jesus Christ, the God man, the man of God, the God man, the man of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, let's go to back to a uh, uh, second Corinthians. I mean, a uh, second Timothy chapter number three. Second Timothy and, and, and we're, we're done. But know this. Know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, now pay attention. L listen real good. Perilous times. This is how we're going to know that perilous times have arrived. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, 
blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, finding anything yet, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. You finding anything yet? These will be signs that we've entered in to the last days. And one of the signs that we have entered into the last days of these perilous times, these are some of the manifestations. Have you seen anything yet? Uh, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, people that kill you for your, for your tennis shoes. Despisers of good, people that hate you because you want to do right. People, people will ostracize you simply because you refuse to practice sin. There's some church folk who will hate you because you only want to do those things that are pleasing in the sight of God. A traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. That, that's part of the challenge in the church is that, that people are becoming greater lovers of pleasures that, that if the, ooh, Jesus, that if the church doesn't offer something on Sunday morning or Wednesday, that will bring them more pleasure than what they can get in the world, the church service lose out. And so it's, it's pressure for the church to become an entertaining center. Well, we're going to church. Well, who's going to preach? We're, we're going to church this Sunday. Well, who's going to sing? Well, it's time to go to church. Uh, what kind of goodies are they going to pass out after the service? No, no, oh, that's what they're going to sing? Okay, that's who's going to be preaching? Oh, okay, I think I'll catch it next week. Uh, uh, they got a game today, and I, I don't want to be late, so I, I'll catch it next Sunday. They're a lover of, of pleasures rather than lovers of God. Well, if you look at America, I mean, we are almost a photocopy of the Roman Empire at the time of its fall. Look, look, look at the, verse number five. See if you can relate to this. Having a form of godliness, you know, I mean, if you listen to most people, everybody's a Christian. <laughs> Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And look, and look, and look what Paul says uh, to the church. And he said, and from such people turn away. You cannot hang around people who are indifferent to what you believe and stay strong in what you believe. The Bible says that bad company will destroy good habits. I, I, I share with my son, a, a couple of my spiritual sons, in trying to, to, to help them to guard their hearts from their congregation. And, and I share with them that typically when somebody leaves your church, you need to find out in a hurry who were, they friend, who were their friends in your church. Because for them to have been real good friends, uh, they, the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? And unless they make a clear separation and a cut from that relationship, nine times out of ten, eventually you give it some time, they'll pull them out. Oh, Jesus. Ain't nobody shouting now, but that's all right. I'm still speaking truth. Let, let's, let's, let's move on. Uh, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And look what he says. And from such people turn away. In other words, Paul said, you don't go to lunch with them. 
You don't invite them over for dinner. You leave them alone. If they've turned their back on God, what chance you got? This is talking about apostasy. This is talking about people who were once walking with God. Unless the spirit of God moves on you to try to share something with them or do something with them, you're running off off in the flesh. And you can't do nothing in the flesh. You can't change nobody's heart. Only God can do that. Ooh, Jesus. Let, let, let's, let's read on. For of this sort are those who creep into the household and make captive of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. And ladies, don't get mad at me, but I've talked to pastors all around the world even, and most of the stuff that gets started in the church, I hate to say it, but it's the truth, most of the time it gets started with some woman, married or single. And most of the time if she's married, she's the boss in her house because of that Jezebel spirit. But, but let, let, let's, let's move on. I didn't lose nobody, but people with a Jezebel spirit. Look what he says. He says, from this sort are those who crept into the household and make captive of gullible women loaded down with sin, led away by various lusts. Now, it's not, not all women. It's talking about a certain group of women. Always learning. And never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They, they, always got, they always got some new place they want you to go. Oh, girl. Oh, man. You need to come here it is. Oh, man. I know, I know you're out there to the harvest, but you need to come here it is. And, 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 and at the, the hidden agenda is that they're really tight, are trying. It's really a controlling spirit. Because they're trying to get control of your life. That's, that's a controlling, that's a seducing spirit operating through somebody that's attacking, att attacking your walk with God. Oh, you need, you need to come hear this. You need, oh, no, they don't know anything about this at your church. You, you need to hear this. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. You're preaching now, boy. Always learning, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Are you getting this? Look, look at verse number eight. Now, as Janus and Jamborees resisted Moses, th these, are, these are people who res resisted Moses. So do these also resist the truth. So, so these people, these apostate people, uh, they have yielded to a strong delusional spirit and, 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 and they're mean spirited. And, and, and they're ready to fight. If you, if you don't listen to what they have to say, look, look at this. So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith. Oh, God. Paul said these, these people are of a corrupt mind and they're always resisting the word of faith. They're always resisting the truth. They have to resist the truth because if you hear the truth and receive the truth, the truth will set you free. Can somebody say amen? But look what, what Paul said to this young pastor. He's encouraging him now. He says, but they will progress no further. For their folly will be manifested to all as theirs also was. Oh, my. Oh, my. I said, oh, my. So in reading these verses of Scripture, we have just 
we have just discovered 19, 19 things that will be in manifestation in the last days that Apostle Paul warning the church, warning this young pastor, and I, a young pastor, am warning you that you have to, you have to be able to, to discern these, these things that are trying to happen so that you don't get seduced away from the truth of God's word. So that you don't yield to a spirit of apostasy and become a person who was once faithful and loyal to the things of God. And now you've turned away because you have yielded to a seducing spirit. I don't believe that you can practice yoga. And, and maintain your close relationship with Almighty God. Because yoga is a religion. You may think it's fun and games. Oh, I don't get into all. I, I know there's a side of it that, uh, that they get into. But I don't get into that side. I, I, just, I just do just enough of what I need. It just relaxes me. What a word to do that. Uh, it just makes me feel more balanced. On the inside. What a word to do that. It just gives me a, a sense of serenity and peace. What a word to do that. It, it, just, it, just, it just gives me something that I can't really explain. But it just, it just allows me to, to have a better day and, and to function better. The word of God, my sister and my brother. The word of God will do that. If you'll only allow it. If you will give your attention to the word of God, like you give attention to this religion that is coming out of India, that you think is fun and games, it's Hinduism. No different than Buddhism. We're not to be in any kind of ism. We're to be in relationship with Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. Notice, notice the 19 words describe the last days. Number one, there'll be lovers of, them, of, them, of, their, of themselves. Number two, there'll be covetous, lovers of money. Lovers of money. You'll always know when that thing's trying to get a hold of you because you can't let it go. But we'll deal with that another time. There'll be boasters, proud, haughty. Uh, another thing that will be in manifestation in the last days. They'll be disobedient to parents. Have you ever seen a day like today? How kids are so disobedient to parents. Uh, one country said they love America because the parents in America allow their children to run the house. You, you, you've, get around some parents today. You've never heard children telling their parents. You've never heard it before like you hear today. I mean, listen to them. And the children are telling the parents what they want to do. And the parents are asking the children, what do they want to do? Instead of telling them what they need to do. What do you want to eat? Hey, what you want to eat? This is what we cook. Sit your behind down and eat. And if you don't want to eat what's been cooked, you go to bed. Or go up to your room and study. I don't want to be strong or anything like that or, 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 or sound facetious, but I'm just simply saying uh, these would be the, one of the signs of the last days that children would be disobedient to parents. And you've never seen kids so disobedient like you see today. You got parents today who are literally scared of their children. Mothers crying, talking about I done lost control of my house. I don't know what to do. 
They just do what they want to do. They're tearing the house up. They're knocking over tables and busting. Uh, 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 they're, they're breaking cups and throwing dishes against the wall. I need help. And, and, and so you said, your children are doing what? They just took over the house. And, and so you feel sorry for the mother. And you said, well, let me, let me go to the house with you and try to help you get some control. And, and as you're going to her house to try to help her to get control, you're expecting to see some boy six foot six, you know, 235 pounds, you know, just just uh, just a big old giant. And you, and you walk in the house and it's a three year old. It's a five year old. It's a 10 year old who done took over the palace. And sitting in the king's chair. And demanding food and clothing. Good God of mercy. And got the parents of the house scared to death. The devil is a lie. I said the devil is a lie. They would be blasphemers. 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 People, people are always in somebody else's business. Boy, I tell you, I have a challenge with those kind of folks. Get your own business straight before you come try to straighten out my business. Unthankful. Isn't it amazing? You can give people, you, you can open a door for people, they won't say thank you. You can buy your kids something, give them your last dollar, and they don't say thank you. But the Bible says these are signs of the last days that they'll be unthankful. We've come to a place now where even parents don't even believe that there's, a, there's an importance and there's a value in teaching their children manners. And so we don't move to a place where, where children don't even, don't even honor their parents by saying yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am, or yes, sir, or no, sir. And I know you don't think that's a big deal, but as a result of us embracing that, that philosophy, now they're cussing you out. Oh, God. Unholy. Unholy. I said Unholy. Uh, I mean, they'll cuss. Their whole conversation is unholy. It's filthy. Their conversation is filthy. Their songs are filthy. Their way of life is filthy. And the Bible says this is a sign of the end times. Without natural affection. That just simply means that in the last days, there's going to be an increase of homosexuality. Without natural affection. They're going to they're going to draw away. They're going to back away from the Bible calls natural affection, God given natural affections. They're going to turn away from God given natural affections and yield to their own perverted uh, affections. And God is going to allow them to do it. And so one of the signs in the last days is that there's going to be an increase in homosexuality is going to become so prevalent that it's going to be accepted as an alternative lifestyle. Somebody said, are we there yet? There'll be, there'll be truth breakers. There'll be truth breakers. They'll agree with you, shake hands, do all kind of stuff with you, covenant with you and everything. And when things get difficult or tough or something happens, they don't quite understand, they'll turn away from you. There'll be truth breakers. They're impossible to get along with. You know some people like that. No matter what you do, it's just impossible to get along with them. You give them your money, they're still mad. You give them your clothes, they're still mad. You feed them, they're still mad. I mean, there's nothing you can do to satisfy them. They're just impossible. Maybe you know somebody like that. They're just impossible to get along with. There'll be false accusers. 
There'll be people who will be without self-control. And this world is out of control. Uh, there'll be fear. There'll be, there'll be fears, savage acting. You've never seen so much savagery, if there's such a word. If not, I've made it. But you've never seen people do such diabolical things and then turn around, go home and, and have dinner. I mean, kill somebody, chop them up, put them in the refrigerator, go home and have dinner. Go in the house and kill everybody in the house because they got mad at a card game. I mean, you, you almost have to be careful who you say hello to. I mean, anything can set them off. Oh, God. Is, is this good? Uh, there'll, be tra there'll be traitors. Uh, you've never seen so much betrayal. You've never seen so much betrayal. I mean, you can bless people. God can use you to bless people's lives. And I mean, just overnight, they can just turn on you. The Bible says this will be a sign of the end times, that they'll be heady. That means they'll be reckless. They'll be high-minded. They'll be high-minded, just saturated with pride. There'll be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. There'll be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You know that's the truth. I remember a time if you held something on Sunday, wouldn't nobody attend because everybody was at church. You couldn't sell liquor on Sunday. You couldn't have a, 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 a what do you call it, a, a, a dance hop on Sunday. And then there's some people you could have it on Sunday, but you couldn't do, you wouldn't have anybody there until afternoon. I mean, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't get started until after 12 noon. You couldn't buy liquor on Sunday. There was a whole lot of a lot of restaurants, a lot of businesses were closed on Sunday. Now, every day we there's something going on every we don't even have a Sabbath anymore. Just every day we're doing something. And that's contrary to scripture. I mean, we, we don't even have a Sabbath day anymore. The Sabbath has become a work day. It's become a day of making money. That Sabbath, that day that we set aside to just honor God. Oh, Jesus. Is this helping? And the reason that is, is because we're lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. The last thing I want to mention is that the Bible said, and we had read it, I share with you these 19 things that will be described or, or will be in manifestation in the last days. And the Bible says they have a form of godliness. They're, they're good at practicing religion, but they don't have relationship with Jesus. You see, with religion, you can do whatever you want to do. But if you have relationship with Jesus, it'll change the way you think. It'll change the way you live. It'll change you from the inside out. Because you have relationship. I can cuss you out with religion, but I come under conviction if I'm in relationship. I can live righteously. Matter of fact, you won't be able to tell me any different from the world because I'm just religious. But if I'm in relationship with Jesus, there, there'll be things that will happen along the journey of the road that will cause us to go separate ways. Because eventually, because you're worldly, there'll be some things that you do that I don't participate in. And who I am loyal to and who you are loyal to eventually would drive a wedge between us. Because your God is not my God. And the Bible says, if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added. So you're pursuing things, I'm pursuing God. 
And so you pursue things, get it, and not happy. I pursue God. God gives me the things, and I am happy. Oh, Jesus. Did you get that? And so the Bible says these are, are signs or manifestations that will be prevalent in the last days. I share with you 19 different uh, or describe 19 different things that we read in uh, first, uh, not first Timothy, but second Timothy chapter three, verse one through nine. 19 different things were described in those nine verses of scripture. And I just shared them with you. So now you have something to work with. I pray that this lesson has blessed you. I pray that you'll go over it, uh, uh, make it a part of your study, a part of your library, go over it and go over it and go over it. So then in these last days, as things get more and more tensed and intense, that you'll not be seduced away from the truth of God's word. The apostasy is here, but that is not an excuse for you to yield to false teaching. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.